Hi, thanks for joining us on another episode of Teacher Nerds Podcast. Joe and Ron are self-proclaimed teacher nerds geeking out on all things education. They are looking to move educational practices out of the 1900s factory worker model to a student-driven classroom full of empathetic, creative, and collaborative students who are willing to take risks. Joe and Ron welcome you to join discussions they used to have privately, where they discussed educational tools, techniques, ideas, policies, and much more. Joe is a third grade teacher and Ron a technology teacher for grades three to eight. Thank you for listening and becoming one of the teacher nerds. Check us out on teachernerds.com and that's nerds with a Z. Find us on Instagram at teacher nerds podcast or on Twitter at teacher nerds. And now a word from a sponsor. Oh, have you heard about the nerds? What's the word? Teacher nerds. You can tweet them out on Twitter. You can find them on the gram. After listening to their podcast, you'd be sitting there like, bam! Trying to take the teaching from one level to the next. Reaching up to Canada and down to Mexico. Gotta go. Teacher nerds. Start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Nerds Podcast. I'm Ron Nober. I'm Joe DiPaolo. I'm a technology teacher for third grade to eighth grade. And I teach third grade. And today we have a guest. We have Holly Mori with us from San Diego, California. Welcome, Holly. Hi. Thanks for having me here today. I'm a sixth grade teacher in San Diego. Ooh, San Diego. Thanks for joining us, Holly. And what are some of your interests in the classroom there? Uh, let's see. I really enjoy uh, reading with the students and digging into good literature. I love science. Science is my uh, definite passion uh, in teaching, and uh, math is pretty good. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to start our show, as we always do, with uh, two yes more, one no way. And since this episode is going to be airing close to the holidays, it's going to be holiday movie edition. It's time for two yes more. One, no way. All right, Joe, we're going to have Holly in the middle. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first, Ron. I think I went first last time. All right. So some of these, this was tough because there there are a lot of ones I like. And then there are a few that I'm just getting tired of. Um, Okay. You know, so my first yes was Elf. I don't know that I could ever get tired of of elf like it just makes me laugh um every time i see it uh so you know that was definitely my first my first yes um, now hold on hold on you know when he eats breakfast would would you eat that would you eat that like pasta and candy and, and, and maple syrup yeah. no i don't think i could no, i, I okay. could get down with that and you know i like candy i like sweets Sometimes that's what I don't like about that movie is I think he takes it to the next level too much. I didn't put Elf on my list, um, but Stacy was definitely talking about Elf when we were uh, when we were discussing the topic. Holly, yeah. this is like, this is my favorite part of the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good. Um, my second one was, and, and this is I had never seen this movie until I met my wife, and, and you know she had me watch it. Was It's a Wonderful Life. So I had never seen it before, and you know, once I watched it, I was like, "Oh man, this is like the greatest holiday movie ever!" 
and my no way has to be the 2018 version of the Grinch. Like I am just a, yeah, I am just a traditionalist. Like I like the old half hour mm-hmm. Grinch cartoon from like the late sixties with Boris Karloff narrating and yeah. you know, like you can't redo the Grinch, you know, it's like trying to redo Jaws or something like that. You know, like the, you, you don't remake Jaws. It had the greatest cast. It's done. Um, so, yeah. so, so you're putting, you're putting that movie up there with Jaws, like the the cartoon Grinch. I just think it's a classic, right? Like you can't remake a classic. Okay, I agree. Yeah, so that's you know that's that's kind of it. I I really had I wanted to put Bad Santa as one of my yeses, wow. but it is it's just sometimes like the first time I watched that I walked out and I was like. I almost feel dirty in a way. Like it was just, it was just so bad. <laughs> Billy Bob for liking it, you know, like special kind of comedian. That he man. is, yeah. Um, wow. So, all right, Holly, go ahead. You can let's hear your two yes mores and one no way. Okay, so yes, uh, this is one that I found. Um, I love the book "The Snowy Day" by Jack Ezra Keats. It's such a cute book. Well, Amazon Prime turned it into a little movie, and it is the cutest movie, and I, like, tear up and cry. I love it. And then if you have little ones at home, they will love it, too. And it's very very wholesome and cute and just a great story about all the different ways people celebrate the holidays. So I love that one. Wait, it's what you call it? It's a snowy day? It's the, the story's called The Snowy Day. The Snowy Day. And it... It has these little characters that have on snowsuits. You guys could probably appreciate it way more than I can. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to read books about it, and then you can actually live it. Yeah, right. (laughs) So the characters have on those snowsuits, and it comes up, covers up their head, and kind of goes up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's it's adorable. And he really wants a saucer, a snow saucer, so bad. And you know. I wouldn't know what to do with a snow saucer. Maybe take it down the sand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's a great one, especially okay. if you have little ones. Awesome. Uh, they would love that in third grade. Well, that's, I was, you know, when, when the movie itself sounds awesome, but it, when you intrigued me, when they, you said it celebrate, they talk about celebrating different holidays. And he, yeah, meets, so- he meets people in the town uh, as he's going through. I don't want to ruin the story, but. As he's going through the town to get to his grandma's house, he's meeting different people and learning what they do to celebrate. That's oh, awesome. yeah! In the end, they all come together, uh, but I won't. I won't spoil it. How long's How long's the story? Like, is it uh, something think, we could do in like a week or two weeks? I think that the the show is about maybe thirty minutes. It's not very long. How about the? You say there's? Is it a, off a book or? Yes, the book is. You could read it in one sitting. It's really cute. Oh, okay, okay. I'll check yeah. it out. It has a simple, you know, the, everything's very simple, but the message is so strong and so powerful. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Okay, and then movie number two. I brought a little prop. Nice. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> so. My, these are my husband's. I, I was going to say, stand socks. You like stand socks too? Socks. I got I to gotta beat your husband because if he's so- likes stand socks, 
There's two things I'm not allowed to buy in the surf shop. More socks and more surfboards. (laughs) (laughs) I have that rule too, but it doesn't always work. (laughs) So yes, Elf is on my list. It's hilarious. I love it. Um, And we even have the family joke where, you know, when he eats all that food, we were just talking about this a little bit earlier, but he eats all that food that's so gross. Spaghetti with syrup and things. And then he burps really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes on and on and on. And then at the end, he says, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> so so our family members say, did anybody hear that? <laughs> it's awful. I'm sorry. It's true. but That's uh, awesome. And then I'd rather not see Home Alone ever again in my whole entire oh, life. Wow. <laughs> really? Never. That wasn't on my list, but I love that movie. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I think I've seen it too many times or something, and yep. I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> uh, see, I would always, I would, I wouldn't turn it off the TV. That's for sure. See, and that's how I feel like with like a Christmas story. Like I just, it's you know, the twenty four hours a day from Christmas Eve to Christmas. Yep. Like I'm like I'm over it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So then let me start off then. Uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. Uh, and you're gonna, Ron. It's hilarious. So my. <laughs> I'm going to start with my top yes, and then I'm going to go to my no, and then I'm going to go back to my second grouping of my yes. Uh, so my top is Christmas Story, and when it when it starts at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve, it's on, and, it, and it's played over and over. Now, granted, I watch it a lot more intently that night, but it's on throughout the day because I, lo- I it's hilarious. And I want to say, I think it came out when I was in fourth grade. I was I was in I was so early in like my elementary school career and I didn't see it the first year and I just remember my buddy talking about it on the bus and then the next year and every year after that I laughed I laughed through that whole movie um, so let's go to my no it's a wonderful life um, oh. <laughs> ouch <laughs> I just I can't I can't do it and and I even. I was talking to Stacey that like I probably spent 15 minutes tonight working on this and I, and I, and I have, I have a really good, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Carter, right? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. You know, and I was, I was doing my, my, I was doing my life. She's like, cause we couldn't think of the name of the movie. And she, she's like, would you stop? Stop. Like, I can't even think you're doing that stupid voice. And I was like, that's a great impression. So that's my, that's my no. Uh, but then my other yes like it can't just be one because it's it's like you can't you can't not you can't not watch them all. So it's the cartoon Santa Claus is coming to town, which was usually followed by Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and then like another night you would see Charlie Brown, and then it would like top off with like the last night with the Grinch. So so those four cartoons, yeah, um, would be my other one. Yes, uh, just because of the sentimental value and. Uh, I would be actually upset if I miss it. And like, as I got into seventh grade and eighth grade and basketball practice got late and, you know, I would miss them. Yeah. And I, you know, that, I don't know. So, so when they're on, especially when Dylan was, my son's 14 now. So mm-hmm. when he was younger, I'd love, I'm like, Oh, get your PJs on. Let's go. And it just brought back a lot of good memories. Uh, so, so that would be my other one, but man, I forgot all about like home alone. I would watch that too. Like, Sorry. There's not too many I don't like, uh, but It's a Wonderful Life is definitely one I would I would pass by. by, Uh, 
And I tell you, like, as soon as you start off with Snowy Day, I'm like, oh, what's this? Another Hallmark movie? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like, not personally, I don't like the Hallmark movies either. Um, around Christmas time, they're nonstop. Um, but, but it's just because, um, I, that's not, uh, you know, I'm not a romantic comedy kind of guy. I don't right. like sad, which is why maybe I don't like It's a Wonderful Life. Cause that's kind of a sad, yeah. Sad well, it's got a, it's a, it's a little bit of a tearjerker. Yeah, at and, parts. Yeah, 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 yeah Just, for sure. Uh, not ready to, not ready to approach that side. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's one of the things I, I kind of I almost feel bad with some kids today because there's so much of that missing. Where it was, if you didn't see it that night, like it was gone. You know what I mean? So it made it special, and I always feel that way, even like with. The Wizard of Oz or The Sound of Music. Like, when that was on, that was a family event. You know what I mean? That was a mom event. The The Wizard of Oz and, and The, the Sound, Sound of, of Music. music. Mom yeah. Yeah. But um, that is the mom event completely. Like, come on, we're going to go watch. Yeah. You're going to stay with me. Yeah. <laughs> the other, was, it, was there one, the Hawthorne? No, not the Hawthorne. Wait, something about um, priests or deacons or cardinals or something like that? Oh, the Thornbirds? Is that what you're talking there about? We go. That was a yeah. that was an adult like miniseries or something, yeah. That was another one. I don't remember I just remember that being a miniseries. Yeah. Just like friends. We had to be the T D was on and right. we were ready to go. It's whatever night it was, you couldn't yeah. miss it because you wouldn't get to see it ever again. Right. It wasn't streaming the next day on Peacock or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> That's like such a different world. Yeah. I mean, I know every everything's different, but uh <laughs> that, yeah, they'll never understand that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you couldn't DVR it? What do you mean? <laughs> well, right. And that, that's why, like, I think that's why doing what, I guess, what everyone that we talk to is trying to do, like, because everything's right here, right? So it doesn't, if everything's at the tip of your finger, then everyone in the house that has one of these or in the school or, or on the street, you know, has everything you have. But now yeah. what are you going to do with it once you know how to access it? I didn't want to kill the mood or anything. No, no, you're good, man. That was that was it. So, Holly, um, one of the things that intrigued me when when you know we kind of saw you on Twitter and got in touch with you was um, you created uh, the design. What is it, the bento box design thinking? And basically, being able to pull out individual components of design thinking. Can you um, talk to us a little bit about about what it is, and you know, even maybe where people can find it? I don't know if it's something we access online or... Yeah, for sure. So I was thinking one day, I was actually uh, listening to a podcast by Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And I was just absorbing what she was saying. And she was talking about a bento box. And I thought, that's really interesting when you think of of it from from the perspective of uh, design thinking. And design thinking is pretty new to me. I I started digging in uh, about five years ago. And really was excited to introduce that to my students. And so when you first learn about design thinking, you tend to just jump in and do this big, gigantic project. And you exhaust yourself, basically. And your students are thinking, what is she doing with us? You know, what what are we going with this? And so that was me. (laughs) And I had a good friend, Kate Daniel. That, That was her, too. And so I started to think about, this idea of how could we break this down and prepare our students 
to do a big giant design thinking project. And so that's what I thought of when, you know, when I, it came to me, the bento box and just how it has little compartments inside. And so if we think of it as little compartments of goodness, um, that you're excited to open the box and do one little section, uh, when you get a chance and introduce your students. So you could do a whole little compartment on empathy and really introduce them. What is empathy? Um, are you empathetic and what does it take to be empathetic? and give them experiences in that area so that when you go to do a big giant project, so to speak, you have a better understanding of all the pieces that it takes to get there. And so we looked at things like um, the the define and test stage. And I thought about my students are really good at getting feedback. They get defensive and right away, They're like, what are you talking about? That's my work. And I understand that. So it made me realize that you need to be given opportunities and you almost need to be taught how to be open to feedback from someone else, whether it's your parents or your teacher or the community or your fellow students. Your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) So... We use the Bento box as an idea, a tool to let teachers know you can just do a little tiny bit at a time and it doesn't have to connect to anything else because really the purpose is to teach them to be able to understand that part of the process, the design thinking process. And uh, one of the things we did with feedback was we gave them a picture of a sailboat and we said, here's this picture of the sailboat. Now look at it carefully and tell us. Um, how does it look compared to this student drawing of a sailboat? So there's a picture, a beautiful picture of a sailboat, you know, um, they're in a regatta or something, and there's people on the boat enjoying their sailing day. And then we had a, a mock picture, uh, like a student have, would have drawn. Of course, we did it, but... <laughs> um, Yes, Kate, my friend Kate did it because she's more talented at drawing than I am. (laughs) So we showed the students this drawing and we said, what do you notice? Tell us something you notice about this drawing. Tell us something that you um, really understand or that you see how they did a good job coming away with the details and moving it onto their drawing. And we talked about the tag format for feedback. Have you heard of that before? Yep. Okay, so T, tell something you like or you notice. A stands for ask a question. And then G, give some feedback. Give a suggestion. And so we went through our our, uh, last time having them look at this sailboat and make those tag comments. Oh, and and it's not even like it's going at someone. They're just... Right, exactly. Because it was detached from a human being, uh, they were very easily giving feedback. They were easily uh, talking about it, discussing it, things like that. So they became more and more comfortable with the idea of how to give feedback, what it should look like. And we were able to say, now, we wouldn't want to say, oh, they did a horrible job drawing that um, the sale. It doesn't look anything like the other sale. So we taught them the parameters, the boundaries of how to give feedback appropriately and respectfully. Uh, with something that didn't matter to them. It wasn't important to them because they weren't connected to it. 
And from there, then we started to move into Let's Connect it to You. And so we said, here's the original photo. Now you can take the uh, student drawing, rough draft sketch. You can embellish it. You can change it. You can start on a brand clean, fresh piece of paper and make your own sailboat the way you want it. And then be prepared for someone to take a look at it. And so that's what we did. Then it was able to transfer over. They made their own sailboat. We gave it a short time parameter uh, so that they couldn't go have mom or dad start to draw for them. (laughs) (laughs) No professional artistry, please. And it was a very valuable experience. Then they experienced sharing with another student, talking about their drawing, using the tag feedback respectfully. And uh, it, it was great. And I, I would imagine you get some in doing that. Like one of the things I find is you, when they're critiquing another student's work, it's someone in their classroom, somebody there's a connection with, somebody they know. So, you know, you get, it was nice. Well, or, right. or we, we, we've been creating videos, weather videos, and we have a one point rubric. Do you hear degrees Fahrenheit? Do you hear north, south, east, or west with miles per hour? We're, and we're going through it and the kids are like, yeah, I heard it. I'm like, wait a minute. You did hear it? Cause I, I, I didn't hear it. Let's go back and listen again. So like some, I don't even know if they know how to, how to, sometimes I don't know if they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> We have to teach them by practicing what the end result would, we would like to be in that end result, how we would like them to be able to give feedback and take feedback. In order to do that, we have to practice those things. Yeah. And so that was just one of the bento box little compartments. So how many, so do you have it set up? Like when you look at the, the bento box idea is how many compartments do you, would you have say in, the design thinking bento box. So I would include, you know, empathy, define, iterate, all of those things. Every stage pretty much would fit in your box. Okay. Like it would each have its own little compartment. And then sometimes you can do two things at once, you know, um, give them a chance to. Uh, one neat thing we did do was Play-Doh. If you haven't used Play-Doh for design thinking, you're missing out. <laughs> so we had them. Uh, get together and talk to each other about a problem they were having at, uh, you know, school started, it's the beginning of the year, uh, or whatever it is. We, we came up with a problem for them to solve, like talk about. And so we said, what kind of thing are you struggling with right now? Interview each other and listen to your partner, hear what they have to say. And then they came away with things like at recess time, my friend and I can't get along and we just continually fight all the time. Or my mom is, um, I get here late to school every day and I don't feel comfortable with that, but I can't get my mom to get out the door earlier. So they really, you know, sort of shared these great stories with each other of what their challenges were. And you could do this at any point of the year, really. So then we said, okay, go ahead and can you think of something that is, that you could create that you could help your partner with? Um, to help them come up with a solution for this problem. And so then we said, make it with Play-Doh. And so they did. They made these quick 
you know, nothing, it didn't take forever. It was just a quick little session. Um, and they made some different things, uh, to represent their solution or their idea for a solution. Um, and then they did a Flipgrid. Uh, they posted their, they held their little Play-Doh thing that they made. And they said, you know, my friend told me she's been having trouble with this. So I made her this. And this was my idea. And, you know, told all about it. And then the friend would get back on Flipgrid and leave a response um, mm. saying, giving them feedback. I like, you know, I noticed that you made me such and such. And I love that idea. I think that'll help my mom and I get out the door quicker. Oh, and wow. and then they asked a question and then they gave the feedback about the product that the person made for them. Oh, that's awesome. So it was really neat. Yeah, very cool. I, I love no the idea. Oh, what was? It? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what that last part. No cardboard involved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think teachers are so afraid of cardboard. <laughs> oh, I love. I got. I have more cardboard than you can possibly imagine in my classroom. Uh, <laughs> so I much. I love cardboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the idea of like doing just little individual components. Um, now, so is is. The bento box is it is it just a concept or do you have an actual is there a website is there a product or, or is that something in the works or um actually I haven't really thought about it too much to, <laughs> but but I like the idea okay. <laughs> do you know anyone <laughs> no I, I... we I have been uh, going on we have San Diego. Um, Q, C-U-E. Yeah, I've seen that. And so I have been on their circuit to uh, present that topic. And that's been really fun to help teachers just to feel that relief of I don't have to do a whole project. Right. Uh, And and also to understand that we need to teach our kids each stage so that they're more comfortable when we are having them rise to the occasion um, to do a big project. So... So it's been on the San Diego um, uh, Q circuit, cool. uh, and and I've gotten a lot of feedback from from that, and really positive feedback. But yes, I'm happy to share that presentation with anyone. And uh, my Twitter is at hmoreyedu. So just yeah, if you want to message me, I'll send you the presentation, no problem. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. Um, so, and I know. PBL is also, you know, project-based learning is one of your, you know, passions as well. And you, you had talked a lot about being able to bring community in. So could you just, you know, kind of tell us maybe some of the projects that you've done and some of the people you've brought in uh, to speak with your class? Sure. So we decided uh, one of the projects we did sort of slowly to kind of figure everything out was the food truck project. and. We decided that we wanted to help the students understand geometry skills. What could we do with that other than just paper pencil? And so we said, let's create a food truck. In order to do that, we introduced the topic. I contacted, uh, do you guys know Cousins Lobster? Yeah. Cousins Main Lobster Truck? Yeah, yeah. yeah? All right. So yeah, Shark they were Tank. On- <laughs> yeah, Shark Tank. <laughs> so they were on Shark Tank, and I told my teaching team, I said, what if we could get cousin's main lobster truck to come and they're like yeah right there's no way and i was like well we'll try and they came i wrote to the uh the person that 
the truck, who was actually a relative of one of the original owners of the company. And he says, yes, I will come and I will tell them all about everything, the entrepreneurship. Um, we'll tell them about the design. Uh, we'll tell them about food prices, anything you want. They even let us go through the truck. Oh, that's so awesome. Go in the truck and see all the different things. Uh, so this was through geometry. So like this was through math class. This was in math class. Yes. <laughs> so we're so geometry, like, and I, it's a sixth grade oh. geometry. So sixth grade geometry, we do, um, surface area. Yeah. And yeah. shapes. Okay. okay. Uh, perimeter area. And then also nets. And so we made, they, they actually made like, um, the inside of the truck with all of the counter space and the refrigerator, and then they could make it in 3D and then open it up and find the net of the refrigerator or find the net of the um, cutting board area or whatever Mm. it was. And then we we had them do the layout. So they had to figure out how much space would it take? You know, how this is how big a truck is. This is it. And how are you going to squeeze all those things in there and where are you going to put everything? Okay. All right, cool. Ooh, that, we did some, yeah. some perimeter in there and kind of did our best to squeeze all that geometry in there. Well, and you also have to talk about scale, right? Because yes. your drawing has to be to scale of the real food truck. I mean, there's a lot of learning. There was. And then math pricing. Yes. Right? Like all, I mean, that's... It, it hits so many good math topic standards that we needed to hit uh it was incredible the more we dug into it it just sort of blossomed right Uh, so that was great and the neat thing too is that when you think about a product there's so much and so many people that go into making that product and students don't realize that yet and so just saying to them who picked the colors how do you think they picked the colors oh there might have been a designer involved yes and um, what happens if the truck breaks down? Now what? And, oh, well, he has to have a good mechanic working on the truck and be able to get the truck there. How do they get the truck there? So they're just as, if you take a single product, there's so many ways you can just look at it in all different ways um, to help them understand real life. It really brings it alive. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty and, amazing. And if it's real life, it's almost like you're more you're more maybe inclined to pay attention because you can actually kind of see how math could relate i guess in the real world instead of getting the question when am i ever going to use this right as yeah. you're plowing through textbook pages which i'm totally guilty of like we 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 do textbook pages i'm trying to think though i not that we can get that i mean we do some of that stuff in third grade so i'm now like my wheels are turning as well, you far just- as well, we have a, that standards-based report card. And yeah. and as you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, we eventually you do have to add and subtract. So that could be part of – that's definitely part of our standards. That's part of the project. Your area and perimeter, we hit area, area and perimeter is a whole chapter for us. Right. Um, well, and you think, I mean, you know, I mean, when you really – like as you were talking about how I'm thinking, you're talking about percentages – Right. Yes. You're talking about fractions. You know, what's half of a lobster, a third of a lobster, or whatever it may be. 
You're talking about adding and subtracting decimals with money. You're talking about multiplication. Like it, you could do your whole math curriculum yes. just talking about the food truck. And but then you know, you know what you need—the time, right? The time and and I guess people to work with. Otherwise, you're doing it all on your own. Right. And well, yeah. I mean, you would need to take a step and figure out. Okay, what can I cut out of my math textbook because I'm going to hit it in the project? Yeah, yep, absolutely. And yeah. the neat thing is, you 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 hit it right there, Ron. That you have to decide. You know, what is it that I can eliminate doing out of the paper pencil, but yet I'm still hitting it, and they're still getting it. And even with the food trucks, when they made their own, and they just made them out of graph paper, so that there was the scaling tool mm -hmm. available with the graph paper. So from there, they had to design a menu. So there was menu design. They had to um, research and figure out how to price things. So that was really tricky and really important. They had to, um, when they were all done, they had to display it and showcase it. And we did like a mini exhibition. And then they got to shop from each other's food trucks. Yeah, that's awesome. So we put them out. They had to create a a receipt for their customers. So what would you like today? Okay, da 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 da. And then um the receipt, here's your receipt. And the customers could leave a tip. And uh -huh. so they needed to know how to leave a tip and everything. Uh and then, you know, even like a high school could use something like this because you can ask them to really research how much of if you make a hamburger and you charge, you know, nine dollars for it. How much of that hamburger, how much was it to make that Right from, you know, from the food? Like, what's that? That's profit, profit margin, right? Like, yes, yeah, profit um, margin. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm thinking like, you know, because it, it's, it's funny that, you know, with kids, you listen to or you, you know, we're my wife and I are big um, fans of Shark Tank, but also the profit with Marcus Limonis on uh, CNBC. And, you know, one of the things that you hear is like people are saying, oh, well, you know, we grossed $5 million, you know, last year. Well, how much did it cost you to, oh, it cost 5.2 million. Well, you lost money. Like that, there was, you know, you didn't, you might've sold $5 million worth of stuff, but you didn't make any money. You actually lost money. Um, and I, I, a lot of times kids think whatever the, you know, the convenience store charges for the candy bar or whatever it is, is all profit. You know, you don't take into account electricity and, you know, your building space or any of that. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge lesson. So the year after that, um, I was mentioning to you both that I love community service and, and developing these service projects. And so the following year, I decided that it would be neat to see what they came up with. So they actually designed their truck as a service project truck. Oh, awesome. so, so they took their truck, you know, they made their, we talked about what are you interested in? If you had, you know, won the lottery and you were able to donate some of that money, where would you donate it to? Oh. And so that started off our conversation and, and, and their wheels were turning. So they investigated different charities, different things in our community that of people that need help. Um, they d did it for worldwide. So they were looking at global things that they could do to help. And then we said, okay, if your truck could be parked anywhere, it doesn't matter whether it's here in America or somewhere else, what, what would your truck do? And so we had 
students that made um, burritos and burros. And so the burritos and burros truck would go to where the homeless people were and they'd bring them a, a blanket uh, to use it, you know, to have. And then they offered them a burrito and they did this at night. And then their truck during the day would go to be a regular food truck and sell burritos. So for every three burritos sold, we'll donate one blanket to the homeless. Oh, wow. Ah, very awesome. So they started to really think about what what's going on around them that needs attention. Uh, one of the students said that he wanted to make a, a pharmacy truck because medicine is so expensive and the medication that people need, sometimes they can't access it um, because of, you know, it's just too expensive. And so he started to design ideas for what, how could we solve that? And this truck, you know, he could drive around neighborhoods and help pass out medicine that people needed. So that's all that's if that's in the second year of the project. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like, that's who that's taking it up a notch. And then, so is this, is this, how long has this been going on? Um, so I, I haven't done it this year. We're not okay. to geometry yet, but I, I want to do it. Yeah, I think but, that they can still do it. Even though I am teaching remote, mm-hmm. I know that they could still do it. Yeah. So for sure. we'll, we'll do it again. And what I might do is have them do a virtual tour. Uh, I, I'll contact some people and see if I can get a food truck that'll do a virtual tour yeah. of their truck. And why not? They can record it and just send it to me and we can play it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's an amazing project. Cause I was, you know, again, like as you're talking, my wheels are going, Joe and I are very big into um, the SDGs, the sustainable development goals from yes. the UN. So again, what you were talking about, bringing that in, right? Research the SDGs, now create a food truck around that. But I was even thinking you could, this could be your entire school's curriculum for sixth grade where in art class, there's the design aspect in music class. All right. Now you got to create some kind of jingle or advertisement for your food truck in a media or technology production class. Let's create commercials, audio commercials, video commercials. You know, in Spanish class, you know, translate all the menu items into Spanish because you might have Spanish-speaking people. It, oh, like, especially I, in San Diego, right? right. Or like oh, yes. California. I, I mean, what, how many of your, like, how many sixth grades are there? Like, are like how many sixth grade math teachers are? Or I guess you said you're teaching everything. Right. Um, so does your whole team buy into that thinking and design thinking? So... My whole, when, before we went remote, um, I had two other teachers, between two and three other teachers over the last few years that we, that I work with. So it's a team of either three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yes, when we first discovered design thinking, uh, and I was gung ho, I'm the one who comes and says, let's do this. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> but once they, saw it slowly roll out the plan and understood the kids just absolutely dive in. They're super engaged and they love it and they're learning so much. They're, they just got on board and they um, definitely helped participate and make things, made things move. Nice. So, nice. So did, yeah. did your team come up with the food truck idea? Uh, no, well, no, I'm, I'm more, I'm more of the person that has the ideas. And then I bring them and I say, 
what about this? And, and they say, oh, well, yeah, but. <laughs> okay. And, and okay. then it gets molded and shaped into something doable. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's I, told them, I told them, I said, let's do tiny homes. Let's make one. We're, we're going to call the, the store right now. We're going to get wood and parents that are going to come and, and they're like, whoa, lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, like I said, my, my fifth grade did tiny homes, but we actually did. We, Ours were it was shipping container homes. So like my my goal, I wanted to get a shipping container brought onto campus. And then even if it took four years worth of students working to actually build a shipping container. And it could be another virtual class like a classroom that could be used on campus or something like that. Like I, I would love to, you know, kind of work towards that because shipping containers are not horribly expensive you already have your shell and like you said you meet with community partners i know joe we know quite a few people in the community who are welders right so they could be cutting holes and you know there's so much that can be done i I love that yeah you need to just do it ron that's the thing you gotta just hold your breath and jump in and do it because it's going to happen you can do it oh i I'm down. <laughs> I think there would you, you'd have to jump in, but there'd be hoops. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. but hoops, hoops are what make the adventure. Fun. <laughs> I, agree. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. But you, you hop in with both eyes open, right? So yeah. you can yes. see. So can I share with you a little something that that we did the tiny homes um, as well, and they were paper models, so they were cardboard made from cardboard. The neatest thing was uh, we asked them, who do you want to make this tiny home for and why? And who is there out there in the world that needs tiny home? And they started to think about it in research and they came up with war refugees. They need a tiny home. Um, hurricane at the time, hurricanes were happening mm-hmm. in Florida and Puerto Rico. And we were talking about that a lot. And they need, they need, they're going to need a tiny home, Mrs. Mori, because what are they going to do? And so they started to identify all these reasons. Uh, we had a, a veteran come and talk with them about what, how hard it was to transition from being out in the field and working and being in service in our military, coming back and, and being finished with their military experience. Um, this particular gentleman was disabled from his service. And so he was able to share with us what he would need in a tiny home because it would have to be adjusted and modified uh, because he was missing one of his limbs. And so they got to really interview this person and talk to him about, so we'd have to design the kitchen differently? Yes, you would, because I can't go underneath. I can't bump into cupboards and reach things like you do. I have to be in a wheelchair to wheel through. Uh, and so what about the shower? How, you know, can we just make you a regular shower? No, we can't have doors. I have to be able to wheel in and move over. And um, so the, the coolest thing about it was that we had we had kids that wanted to do um, – what about an elderly person and they're, they need a tiny home? What would be special about that? So we had a psychologist from a local um, uh, university, UCSD, 
come and talk to them about what colors are good to make it emotionally. Uh, We had, you know, what do the elderly need? Well, it'd be good if they had automatic shutoff for their stove because they tend to forget things and leave things on. So you should have this automatic shutoff system. They need reminders to be able to take their medication. They forget all the time. Um, you should have some kind of like an Alexa uh, where you can have the Alexa programmed in order to speak to them. It's 10 o'clock, time to take your medicine. <laughs> uh, so, and she shared, you know, they can't be in these bright, atmospheres if it's someone that's that's um needs support mentally they need to have a nice cool soothing color so when you design your tiny home make sure that you know this is available and maybe some nooks and crannies for um people to be able to get away from everyone else because a tiny home is tiny and so think about that as you design Um, we also had shelter box uh come to talk about what they provide for uh, people in war-torn countries or also devastated from a flood or a hurricane or a weather emergency. And so they, they basically they prepare a shelter in a box and come and deliver it. It has a tent, cooking supplies, um, everything that you'd need, I think, for, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but a certain number of days, like 90 days or 200 days oh, wow. in the box. That's um, pretty amazing. And that's a that's a really neat program to investigate too, uh, where it's helping people in service projects. Where where do they travel to? They go all over the world. Oh wow! Um, and yes. are they based out of San Diego? No, not necessarily. I don't okay. think so. It's it's actually a Rotary International um, organization, uh, like part of the Rotary Club. Yes. Okay. Okay. But it's global, so they do help people all over the world. Uh, you know, I mean, that Rotary is a service, right? Rotary yes. service organization, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So I guess so. The so great idea. So the Rotary Service Center, and they're right with us. Um, well, yeah, because the Rotary comes in, they give all the kids in third grade dictionaries. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, they didn't do it this year because of you know oh. obvious circumstances, but every other year, and then they they talk up the parade for Halloween. Yeah, so that's oh, I love that. See these. These podcasts, man, they're a wealth of information. Yeah, well, that's a, it's it's awesome finding like great you know people like yourself, Holly, to to kind of just again the, it springs ideas and then builds right like on these ideas for everybody, which is great. There's a a company I've been following on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen it. it's called Boxable. It's B O X A B L, and they they ship. A home, it's the size of like a the width of a tractor trailer, and then it unfolds. Like it's it's amazing. It's like kids love origami. It's like origami putting a house up. It's it's unbelievable. I've they just posted a a bunch of new videos um recently. And you can actually they showed them actually unboxing one and unfolding it and then Unfolding another one and lifting it up on top of that, so it's it's a two story home with a crane, creating an apartment complex using oh, wow. just the box. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, oh, it's really cute. so cool. The other thing I just wanted to mention, I don't know if you know or follow Dr. Jennifer Williams. Hmm. She oh, is, <laughs> yeah, she's um, really big in, in the SDGs, but she has a book called Teach Boldly, and it's. Using tech, 
technology for social change. So it's bringing technology projects and the SDGs together. Yeah, she, she's she's like amazing. Yeah. yeah, all of your projects would fall right under the umbrella of mm-hmm. of teaching boldly. And like Ron and I saw her a couple of years ago, and kind of Ron saw her on Friday at the conference, and I was figuring out who I was going to go see on Saturday. And he goes, "You got to see her. You got to see both mm-hmm. sessions." And uh, it really kind of started to turn things. I mean, we were things were already turned around, and then it's like you saw her, and it's just added it up a notch because mm-hmm. it's. Bringing in the service, you know, how can we make the world a better place? I love that. Un, yeah, un, unreal. And, and definitely, I mean, everything you just said, it was almost like it fits right under the SDGs. Yeah. And just yes. Service yes. projects and, and you know, making the world a better place for everyone, you know, people on planet. Number 17. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's it. And then I don't know if you know Design for Change, Design for Change USA. They're a, uh, they're really cool because they're little podcasts that you can listen, the students can listen to, and it's, they can take you through the design thinking cycle. And they use the podcasts are basically like interviews with people. And there is one on food deserts in communities. So, like, I was thinking, like, the, like you were talking about the, was it Burroughs and Burritos truck? Like, it kind of fit right in there. One of their podcasts uh, is a very cool thing. So, who else? Who else or what other members had – I know you said this year you had a lot of members or guests in, community guests. Uh, can you tell us about some of those this year? Sure. So uh, I highly recommend – Rotary is a great uh, tool <laughs> for teachers because they have such a wealth of diversity for the different things that they um, – the people that are in Rotary – have so many connections to all different fields of study. So I like to think of, okay, what are we doing next? So for instance, we studied, we just are studying metabolism. And that's kind of a difficult concept for sixth graders to understand and really grasp. Um, you have to talk about molecules and amino acids and things like that, which is terrific, uh, but it, it is difficult to understand. Um, so I wanted to find somebody in our community that could come in. And I really have enjoyed partnering with, it's called the Salk Institute. And it's in La Jolla. And basically, it's an amazing group of scientists that work together on all sorts of subjects. And they actually let, they do what's called a side chat, S-C-I, and then C-H-A-T. So you can contact Salk Institute and reach out to them. They'll send you a Google form and you fill it out, tell them what you're going to be studying and when you're available. And then they try to match you with a scientist that's in that wow. field. That's awesome. And it is so awesome. So amazing. So this scientist came, Dr. Victor Pai, and he related, he did this slideshow for them and everything. And he presented and related me- metabolism to a car. So a car's engine, a car's gas tank, um, how all the digestion works, your system, your circulatory system. So that was great. I got to just sit back and uh, listen and learn myself. And they were astounded that students just were glued to their computer screens because it's just amazing to hear from someone in in that field. He's a a biologist peptide in the peptide lab. And... (laughs) 
and took his time to come and talk to us. So uh, I've definitely leaned on Sulk Institute, and that's a great resource. If you How do you that. spell that Sulk? Is it just S-U-L-K? It's S-A-L-K. S-A-L-K. It was created at, it was Jonas Salk, Dr. Jonas Salk, oh, okay. who invented the vaccine for polio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he created um, this institution so that scientists could come and work and explore all different opportunities. I mean, how many times, Ron, do we talk about being like the guide on the side, right? Because right. being the expert in the room, and I'm sure, I mean, I went through high school. I don't, I don't know about amino acids, so to try and, you know... So to try and teach it to maybe the sixth graders, I wouldn't, I would, I would never guess, or you know, maybe not right off the bat to link it to a car, but it makes total sense because the car is using gas and right, right. I it, mean, it's it's a not, system that they know, yeah, yeah. lead it to mm-hmm. definitely. Man, that's awesome. That's so cool. when we were studying this, the students, um, the way we started the unit was they were introduced to the unit as uh, future, as medical students. So hello, you're all medical students. We're coming in to visit this patient today. We need to find out what's wrong with her. And so there's a video clip of the doctor, you know, talking to the medical patient. And then, so our job was to figure out what was wrong with this this medical patient. And, and we were learning about metabolism as we went along. So we had to rule out, did she have asthma? Well, no, and and they did like a simulator and had to really, really dig in to find out how come you know it's not asthma? She's really tired and she gets worn out and she can't play soccer. Uh, and then eventually we got to the point where we determined, diagnosed this, the pretend student or the pretend medical student um, patient, and she has diabetes. Well, I don't know. Personally, I don't know that much about diabetes. I can't, I'm not an expert in that. So I got a hold of uh, someone from UCSD, and the professors there are so willing at, at any university, call your universities and, and write to them and ask them, can you please come and do a, a little 20-minute presentation? So a, a UCSD professor who's a biologist scientist came, and that's her specialty. She studies um, diabetes. And so she, she told us way more than we could ever have, have learned from me. <laughs> <laughs> who, who created the first part like the the diagnosing the medical so that that's actually part of our amplify curriculum so we're wow. just in the testing stages of of trying it out and so that was their genius idea i love that idea man that's so and that's 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 part of the curriculum yes that's so, how they introduced the topic and and that's how we came into it. So who made that? It's called Amplify. It oh, would be so like that's like a textbook company, but not. Yes. Wow. But I, you think about like you could, you know, again, like think about you could say to a teacher in school, "Hey, can you play a patient for us?" And yeah. but so like you could do. I mean, I, my brain goes to Seinfeld when Kramer was. <laughs> well, no, not Dr. Van Nostrand, but he, he oh, okay. actually went and was a, got paid by a medical school to pretend he had a condition and 
Like he, oh, like, yes! he wanted to have cirrhosis because it was you know, like he had a, a bottle and you know like had this yeah. whole story and he had light shining on him and lit a cigarette and like did this whole thing. <laughs> it was for actors. Yeah, that's what it was. It was for actors. Um, but yeah, you could have a teacher who'd be willing, you know, to be the patient. But that's or, like I and it's just I wish there was time to like right. you know because that's. What's that? I, what, I agree. What's it called again? What's that curriculum? <laughs> oh, what's that? What's that? Amplify. A M P L I F Y. But again, I think you know, like those what concepts I, you could do. Yeah, well, what I started to realize is, as I've been doing things more and more and looking at projects, is you have to kind of just focus on. All right, this year I'm going to focus on this part of my curriculum, and I'm yes. going to change it, right? And maybe next year I'll, I'll write this idea down, but I'm going to save it because I don't have time for that. I'm going to do right. that part next year. Um, because if you try and change everything, it's overwhelming and nothing's going to work. Right. I, I, I wish, I wish our school would just change everything. <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I know, or I wish maybe more schools would start to go. This is the way to go. Clearly, I think you're you're building a better student, just a better person, right? Well, an empathetic uh, thinker, a, a learner, a better learner. Like you right. graduate a better, I guess, student. You know, student at the end of the year that would then be able to go into high school with a with with more background, and then like yeah. does the does the local high school build on the things it sounds, or at least your your middle school, the seventh and eighth grade school. Yeah, they need to start doing that. You're right. Well, where you are, like, will will the kids leave? Your, no, okay, yeah. Uh, well, they will do. I think it's a, it's teacher dependent. Right, right. Yes. It really is. And so maybe not as a whole they'll do that, but maybe they'll get somebody that has, um, you know, this desire and the passion to really expand their horizons in a in a more powerful way. Um, so they'll they'll get those experiences for sure. Yeah. And I love the hands-on things. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have hands-on classes? Obviously, you have um, technology, which is awesome. Um, but like a hands-on mechanical class or something like that, or welding. No, we yeah. don't. We awesome. don't have that in our. I mean, I in my teaching of technology, like I said, I teach third grade to eighth grade, so I try and do as many different topics as possible. Like, so we do. We do have 3D printers, so we do 3D design and That's engineering. So um, we do have access to uh, Wii Video, which is a video editing platform. Um, so we do that in some of the classes. We have been we have a really good local foundation, which um, has provided us with. We have a podcasting studio. We have a a real really large format uh, printer. So we can print out, you know, big banners and posters and magnets and things for T-shirts. We have a laser cutter and engraver, you know, so we have a lot of those things. And what we did was two years ago, the art teacher and I kind of collaborated and decided to create a after-school club, which is an entrepreneur club. And we practice social entrepreneurship. So our profits at the end of the year get split between different charities. Um, you know, whatever we try and keep it sustaining ourselves as much as possible. And then the, the rest goes to charities. 
But yeah, I, I just try and I just try and bring it into the classroom every yeah. chance I get. <laughs> that, yeah. Well, you do lots of like, hands-on. We we do Maker Fridays, so there's you know it is <laughs> because you know on all through the weeks we're putting in our agendas, you know, bring in rec- clean recyclable materials, and and we started. I love cardboard. Um, I found with the kids that I'm working with, like seven and eight year olds, uh, cereal boxes are, are, and tissue boxes so much easier to cut with scissors. So, yes. you know, and, and yes. the first couple of years, it was great because parents were coming in and mm-hmm. it's hilarious when the parents are like, <laughs> when you get a good design thinking project and the cardboard and the razors are flying and, and it's, it's a mess, right? There's tape all over the place. There's materials all over the place. It's loud. It's messy. And, and you know, as the adult with the razors, you're flying all over the room. And there's just, you know, parents are kind of like, at first, what is going on? It's like, kids are like, I need this. And can you cut this? And, I need this. and, and, and they're just jumping into it. And by the end, they're beating. I'm smiling from ear to ear like, this is the greatest freaking day ever because they're out <laughs> About things, right? And and plant yes. and like, oh no, I need I need a new one of these. And and we used to put these restraints where the materials were was it was our store. So if you wanted something from the store, you'd have to go either compliment someone, you know, ask someone if they needed help. Um, you can't just come grab a popsicle stick. You got to work for the popsicle. <laughs> and and one of our projects, some of the uh, what club was it, Ron? Where the kids would learn how to. It wasn't entrepreneur club. It wasn't media a, club. No, because remember uh, the kids were learning how to three D print. So, so oh, we did it in Lego club. We we did a whole three D printing thing. Yeah. So so I had a little girl that heard these other kids uh, talk about they wanted basketball hoops for their maze because we were doing nanobug mazes and they had to have like certain amount of angles and you know all these things checked off the math list and uh, the girl goes make one of those and i said "Ooh, eden you could make one of those i said in the real world you would get paid for it <laughs> i said <laughs> let's figure out a way and you know i said something to ron and she designed it i think in tinkercad and printed it and it was just you know like a little uh almost like the cement piece for the basketball and then the the rim and and it was just so cool that you know all that was happening it's just like that's our that's our june project that's that's how we deal with you know, that's how we were doing angles and stuff like that. But it's just really cool to see all that stuff come together, um, and 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 the and the kids get into it. Oh, you know, yes. I, yeah. I've never had kids get excited about those math textbooks. But when <laughs> you know, nine times out of ten, when when it's can you bring this in? Can you bring this in? And then you know, obviously, sometimes there's kids that don't bring anything in, and then there's the kids that bring in. Well, my mom brought in this bag of whatever, and if no one, you know. And then we could save it for next week. So it's just cool to get them just thinking a little bit differently about everything that's going on. And, I, uh, you know, any hands-on activity to me, I, I duct tape and cardboard, but what I, what I learned when they're seven years old, uh, that what's that OT or PT <laughs> occupational therapy. <OT>. <laughs> so when they're going for a, don't just give them a strip of duct tape, uh, because, <laughs> Because when you give it to them on this side of the room, it's not going to look what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> and when we're like, sorry, you only get this amount. <laughs> but, yep, the girls are coming back and, the, and people are like, 
that's our dog. You're like, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> You're not, you know, it's a great learning experience. Um, right. It's just so much yes. fun. You know, you can steward with your materials. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah. I learned the hard. It took about a year. Uh, what's it? Not packing tape, but a, and masking it's not, tape. Masking, t- masking tape is, is is the way to go, I think, with third graders. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because it's a little easier to manage. And when it does get stuck together, you can get it apart a lot easier. <laughs> than duct tape. Yeah. yeah. Duct tape is really harsh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. It's, you know, duct tape will fix the world. You know? <laughs> and, and if they, at least, like, if not for anything, if they learn that, like, you know, like, nothing's ever broke. Like, it can always, you can always put duct tape on. Like, to me, that should be the, you know, that's, you live your life like that, right? Like, <laughs> always be fixed no matter how like, uh, it is. my big fat greek wedding remember he used windex for everything <laughs> I, I wasn't a fat, windex. <laughs> it wasn't movie. i didn't i wasn't i don't think i've ever watched it i know what it is oh. it's silly it's a silly movie but but he uses windex to fix everything <laughs> oh oh come here i'll put some windex on it <laughs> well i'll tell you what learn uh I work in the special ed classroom, the inclusion classroom. And at the beginning of the year, every year except this year, we did this activity where the kids would come up and we would give them an ailment. So my stomach hurts. I got uh, a cut on my finger. I just got into a car accident. You know, I lost my dog. And we're like, oh, we're sorry to hear that. Here's a Band-Aid. Go sit down. It's like, oh, I'm I'm so hungry. Sorry to hear that. Here's a Band-Aid. And the kids are sitting down cracking up and we're like, yeah, you didn't get what you need, did you? In this class, you're going to get what you need. So there might be times where you get a Band-Aid. There might be times where you don't get a Band-Aid. So it really starts, you know, the kids are like, start to look at things and, you know, they might have a counting strip. You might not have a counting strip. You know, they might have the hundred charts. Just really, you know, you're getting what you need. Um, I love that. That's such a neat thing. But now it's, it's, I've gotten to the point where it's like, do you need an IEP to to tell me that you if you want to use this hundred charts, go use the hundred? Like that's my differentiation. We have all these options in the class, and they're in front of the room. If you want to try it, go up and grab it. Like I don't, you know, like it's well, that's that UDL model, right? Like, well, right, you get what you need when you need it. Yeah, right. Um, if you don't need it, why use it? Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's available to everyone. Why not? Right. right. Yep. That's where we we had. Talk to uh, Ira Sokol and and Kyle Nemus is another person. And, you know, basically they were saying, like, you don't have to need closed captioning on your TV to use closed captioning. You don't have to be in a wheelchair to use the wheelchair accessible ramp to go into a building, right? It's It's there for anybody who wants to use it, who needs to use it, but it should be there for for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, yeah. Kind of the way it works, yeah. and we've taken that you know to to our classrooms for sure. Awesome. Well, Holly, thank you so much for joining us. It was uh, I got I got so many ideas written down and so much information written down. Um, oh, it, it's good. just awesome. Um, I'm and, glad. And, I learned a lot too. Yeah, and well, hopefully, like I said, check out Dr. Williams, um, Jennifer Williams. She's she's awesome, and Design for Change USA, um, pretty amazing. You know, hopefully. That, I, I think the best part is when I go through and do all the, the videos, I just take out like the, not that it's all not good, but like the best chunks. <laughs> you know, like, Thanks, Joe. Like, yeah. 
like an hour long for me. <laughs> there's a lot of what do we call them, Ron? Quality nuggets, right? Yep. Like there's yeah. there's there's a lot of nuggets we're going to be able to to take out and pull out and and throw out there because it's hard for me. I love podcasts and I love doing the podcast. Um, but to to listen through the whole podcast through, so like to I think it's awesome. At least from my end, like I get to go and and take all the little chunks and like, oh, this is a good one. And and I got my three or four minutes to like listen to it, get the idea, and build off that idea. I just there's there's so much going on in it, and uh, like you you know there's notes or putting down notes. <laughs> I'm gonna go look at that amplify and maybe send the link to our curriculum coordinator. Like, hey, look, like not that. Look, just check this out. Like, yeah, you know, like just. I mean, even I'm getting the ideas like Ron. Like, what, what does David Lee talk about the uh, the virtual tours, right? Yeah, so yeah. it was almost interviewing the like um, he did like the curator of a museum. They interviewed them, and then they designed their own museum. But even like that's interviewing it. the patient, I'm thinking like that's almost like a virtual tour in that you could yeah. you have to set that up, but like record everything back and forth. And I mean, obviously, a lot of time and something over the summer if you're doing i mean that's like right you get paid for that stuff um and then so then they have to be but i the, just that idea alone yeah it sparked so many other ideas yep. in, in different areas and just i i could see the kids being glued like and actually paying attention instead <laughs> of just, you know me up there talking <laughs> not that i don't love to talk but uh you know to <laughs> To, to, to not have to be an expert on everything, yeah. um, you know, and I just, I love that idea. Uh, and I love the fact that it's already, I mean, I, I love the fact that it's already out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? For so, sure. Uh, my little note, send to Asia. Asia's <laughs> our curriculum coordinator. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, again, thank you, Holly, for all your time. We, we really just appreciate the time you spent with us and the information you gave us. Well, thank you. I had so much fun. Teacher nerds, teacher nerds, knocking on your door. Open up, let's take your teaching further than before. Give it a try, don't be shy, there's nothing there to lose. Worst thing that happens, kids get pain on their shoes. We're talking teacher nerds. I'm home. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Nerds Podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or anywhere you listen. Remember to visit TeacherNerds.com, and that's nerds with a Z. Follow us on Twitter at TeacherNerds and on Instagram at TeacherNerdsPodcast. And thank you for being one of the Teacher Nerds.